following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome into the Main Street Preps This Week podcast featuring Russell Venozzi and Tyler Palmatier talking high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Here are your hosts with Tyler Palmatier. Here's Russell Venozzi. Hey everyone, we're back with Main Street Preps this week after a quick break last week. Uh, I'm Russell Venozzi, joined as always by Tyler Palmatier. Tyler, you doing all right today? I'm doing wonderful, man. How are you doing? Doing well. We're working through some technical difficulties here, but both of us are uh, are, are coming in strong, hopefully, with the signal here. So that's that's good. And we've We're got a fun well show lined up. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but, but we've got a fun show lined up today. We're going to check in with Franklin Road Academy Athletic Director Chris Palmerton after the Panthers announced a, a couple of big coach hirings last week. And then we're going to kind of put a bow on basketball season uh, by looking back at some of the top moments, reviewing our Fab 15 rankings, and uh, kind of teasing the all mid-state girls and boys basketball teams a little bit as well. But before we get to all of that, we are going to bring in Chris Palmerton now, who joins us by phone. Chris, you doing all right this this afternoon? I'm doing great, Russell and Tyler. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely, and I, you know, it's a been a been an exciting couple of weeks over there at FRA, and uh, you know, Chris, you're in year six, going on on year seven now at the school. Um, I guess what's kind of been the biggest change that you've seen on campus and around the athletic department during that time that you've been there? Well, I think, and, and to your point, this is uh, I'm in my seventh year right now um, after spending 25 years in Georgia, and you know, when I first um, was was going through the process here in, uh, in Nashville with Mr. Casey, who was also in Atlanta um, at a rival school of ours. Um, he came the year before, and uh, he wanted me to come up, and we looked, and my wife and I, and we just saw a great footprint and Sean's vision and the school's mission that was already in place to encourage and nurture and just the all-inclusive Christian community. Um, it was a huge draw for us, but Sean's vision for where we could go um, academically and facilities-wise, as you know, there many the facilities were always ama- already amazing here, but there was an exciting opportunity to continue to build on that, and um, and so that's been a big part of it. And uh, you know, now we're we're starting to add the uh, get the the right people in the seats on the bus, so to speak, as well. So that's exciting. And uh, Chris, this is Tyler. Uh, going back to that. You mentioned Sean's building on Sean's vision. Um, what kind of specific goals really kind of fit into that vision? Did you guys identify when you got there? So number one, um, the first and foremost, and we stick to that to this day, and I think that's why Lisa and Justin came, is literally stick to the school's mission. Um, you know, to inspire, to encourage, and nurture our students, get to know them really well. Um, we're, we're smaller. He, our our, um, our numbers target-wise were, were clearly outlined. You know, we're going to be right around 100, um, 85, 90 to 100 in the upper school. And, and just really invest in our, in our children and, and really encourage our, our uh, families to, to buy fully in. And he's, he's, he's fully – we've always focused on that. Any 
decision we make is not about the adults. It's always about the children uh, when we talk from the leadership team. And, um, and from his vision athletically, um, it's been that to, to not just from the bricks and mortar, but to the, the people that we have with our coaches. And there are many great coaches uh, already in place and some have retired and some have moved on. And we've just had an opportunity now to, uh, to build on people who want to be here and organically build. Well, speaking of the ones that were just hired, Chris, last week the news dropped that you guys had brought on Pope Prep football coach Justin Geisinger as your next football coach. Uh, and at the same time, you also mm-hmm. added Lisa Shad as the new volleyball coach, and she's got uh, quite an impressive resume as well. Uh, can you just kind of take us through why those two were a good fit for, for FRA? Yeah, I think literally um, their faith-based, faith-based backgrounds were extremely important. Uh, they've both been involved in in programs in which, quite frankly, they built from the ground up. Um, they knew that there would be, um, uh, you know, they'd have an opportunity to build their own program, create their own footprint here. Um, you know, both of them wanted their children at a school like FRA. Uh, Lisa has a son, and Justin has two boys, uh, and they were very open about that. Um, and you know, so really it was their reputation and what they've done and uh, with both of them, everyone that I spoke to, um, everything that I thought was reassured from their, their passion, their commitment, their love for children and teaching and coaching. Hey, Chris, on, on the football side, as you're leading that search committee for a new football coach, um, how uh-huh. much are you keeping in mind that, that competitive level of that D2 AA uh, middle region that you're going into with, with Lipscomb Academy, CPA, BGA, Davidson Academy, good pasture. I mean, how much are you thinking about what you're about to go up against when you're vetting, you know, that new coach? Yeah, I think that, honestly, I think that all takes care of itself. I can only worry about what we're doing um, at FRA and, and trusting the Lord that we're picking the right person for our community and that that person fully wants to invest and knows that it's, it's a year-round job. There's no off days. And Justin, Coach Geist, definitely gets that. Um, you know, and it is high cotton, so to speak, in, in our D2 AA middle region, um, which is great. Um, so, you know, worrying about, or he didn't say worry, but concerned about that competition, that'll take care of itself with getting the right person in, in Coach Geisinger for sure. And the search committee that, that helped you out here included an advisory group uh, that had former NFL players Matt Castle, Jared Allen, Chris Spencer, and Derek Morgan on the list. Mm-hmm. How did you connect with them, yep. and, and how, are the, how was their counsel helpful during that process? So, um, so all four are, are parents, current parents. Uh, they're fully bought in. Their children are in – most of them in lower school um, – Matt and Lauren Castle have a daughter in the middle school and then four other children in the lower school. So they already knew um, what FRA was about, what our community was about, what we were looking for um, from their perspective. Um, But as far as connecting with them, Matt and I, I've known Matt um, for a while now. He's been involved in several areas, um, just always willing to help out and volunteer. And then Jared, basically the same thing. Jared serves on our board. Um, as does Matt, actually. 
And then um, Derek and Chris are relatively new, and we were glad to be able to get their input. And uh, so it was it was seamless. There was no no one big timing anyone or anything like that. They're true, very humble, genuine gentlemen, and and we're a great help. And I'm grateful for their time for sure. Chris, can you take us kind of behind the curtain a little bit as a high school AD? When it comes to these hires, how much of them are kind of are getting done through a committee and how many are done maybe more by that, maybe like a singular voice in the, the upper admin? Uh, I think I think it depends on the job, uh, quite mm-hmm. frankly, in the position. I think, um, you know, some people might tell you that a committee will – I actually spoke to an AD, um, a middle Tennessee AD, and he's like, oh, my gosh, a committee, of, that that doesn't sound great. And actually, ours was great, but I could see how that could be a problem and muddy the waters to an extent. Um, fortunately, we were all fully aligned, and I thank our headmaster, Sean Casey, for helping in that process as well and helping form that committee. Um, but, you know, to that point, basically the volleyball um, – committee was was mostly me um i did have two of our coaches lauren castle matt's wife who i mentioned she coaches with us and shannon austin port had them interview lisa as well um so i really think you know we do have a basketball committee we had a meeting this morning because we still have that job out there so i think it really depends on the position the profile of the position and quite frankly getting other people um involved is not necessarily a bad thing who can bring other insights to the table and understand our community yeah, you mentioned the, the basketball job there, and of course, long time coach John Pierce just stepped down last month after 16 seasons yep. there. So you're gonna you're making another hire. Uh, like you said, a very busy time there in your office. But uh, just kind of looking at the big picture here, Chris. I mean, how can all this change, uh, or how are you kind of hoping all this change can propel FRA forward uh, in the seasons to come? Well, I think it's just again building organically from our lower school programs, connecting them. Um, through our middle school and, and building and building enthusiasm and um, you know I, nothing changes to an extent from um, you know Bill and John Bill Whittemore football and John Pierce basketball both outstanding men um, who, who decided to uh, to step away and we're going to continue to build on what they've already created make you know make no mistake they've they've, they've done a great job and we're just looking to take continue to build and attract uh, more of our own kids. And again, like I said, build organically. This is not a microwave process, so to speak. Chris, we're going to get you out of here, man. But um, your youngest son, Walker, he went to the University of Tennessee. He was he was a key piece of that FRA 2016 uh, baseball championship. You guys score any tickets to that Vandy UT game this weekend? Or what's the deal? <laughs> I tell you what, he, he – he, uh, he, we love the. Uh, he's excited about balls baseball for sure, and you know that was a that was a fun fun journey. Um, uh, and you know, so yeah, we will uh, we'll we'll be there. I assure you for at least one of the games. He'll be in town, and his uh, he's got a friend who's an Ole Miss. They, he was actually over there last weekend for the Ole Miss series. So uh, yeah, that'll be fun. I've, well, I don't forget about Russell and I walk. if you guys find a couple other ones, okay? Russell and I would like to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You know how to get in touch with me. We'll see. They're, they're going to be hard to come by, I assure you. It sounds like it. 
Yeah, it's going to be the hottest ticket in yeah, town there this weekend. I, but I really Chris, appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, yeah. Th- thanks again for joining us. And that's been Franklin Road Academy Athletic Director Chris Palmerton. We really appreciate his time today, taking out some time from what's like he like we kind of talked about Tyler. It's just been uh, one move after another over there for them, and uh, it'll be interesting to see like kind of once all the uh, the dust settles over uh, over at FRA, kind of what those programs look like, and um, you know, especially with the football hire. I mean to to pluck away an acting head coach from a Division II AAA school, um, let alone a coach that had just beaten Brentwood Academy in the playoffs, kind of a high watermark there for Pope Prep and Justin Geisinger, I thought was uh, a pretty big splash hire for them. Yeah, a big football hire can, I mean, uh, you know, not to just keep propping football up, you know, football gets its due all the time, but a big football hire can do wonders for an athletic department. It can be everything. Um, you know, look at look at independence, you know, um, with Scott blade a few years ago, what he's able to do, or, you know, more than a few years ago, but it can really be transformative, um, for an AD. So yeah, a lot of, a lot going on over there. And that's not to discount the other sports. It's just, it's the, it's the ticket seller and it's, um, it's, it can be a moneymaker for schools football can. So, uh, but you know, they've made a great volleyball hire too. So yeah, a lot going on. That's it's higher season, man. But and FRA has really gotten after it. Yeah, they sure have. And, uh, Another season that uh, just wrapped up, of course, Tyler. We we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because we were on a, the brief break that I mentioned. But basketball season is officially in the books, and we have some some review work to do there on that front. And it was a really fun season and capped off, of course, with with the state championships where Middle Tennessee had some level of success there. Um, of course, on the girls' side, Webb School won the Division II single-A championship. Uh, Innsworth won the Division II AA title, and Upperman came away with the Class 3A trophy. And on the boys' side, uh, if you had East in your name, it was a good week for you. East Robertson wins Class A, and East Nashville won Class 2A. So true. Yeah, if you're on the East side, you're doing well. Yeah, that worked out. On the East side of some town. So, in thinking back, now that we've had some time to kind of uh, let basketball season simmer a little bit, Tyler, what are some of the memorable moments that stand out to you? Oh, I think, you know, the, the East Nashville's boys title um, really stood out. That was that was fun to watch. I think, you know, it was such a dominant season for them. Um, when you look at that final record, I'm going to double check it. Yeah, 32-3. and three. Um, They were looked at as the favorites, I felt like, all year. And that's not always an easy crown to carry. I think we saw what sometimes that can do to a, a team when it finally gets to that tournament that state tournament where you have to go win a title you know it can be kind of a heavy crown so I thought they handled it really well and played like the favorites uh and then I just thought the community sport behind them was awesome like uh, I remember watching we saw Milan's crowd file in for that state championship and I sort of thought oh boy like this place is going to be rocking for Milan but East Nashville had a great turnout show up and uh you know they had a few people go out to that state championship football game in the fall um and sometimes these events, this little bit of success can kind of spur some excitement in your athletic department and get people out to games, which is just vital. I mean, I don't know that people can really realize, like, those ticket sales actually matter, that concession sales matter to athletic departments that are trying to, you know, really have, like, a good foundation. So fan support is huge. Um, that, that, was, that was one of mine kind of on the same front for me. Uh, the MTCS girls, uh, their run to the finals, again, even though they lost to Webb, was unexpected. I definitely didn't see it. I hadn't. That was a team I hadn't seen play all year, but ended up being really good. And 
gave Webb a great first half. I mean, had him on the ropes. That felt kind of like an NCAA tournament game almost, where it was like the favorite was a little tight and the underdog's crowd was going crazy. Um, they had a great turnout for that game. And uh, even though it was a, in a losing effort, you know, that that, that effort from the, the team and the crowd, they had a great crowd, was, was just fun to see. It's just fun to see everybody get behind a team as they try and win a title. Yeah, those were two great showings there, uh, fan-wise. And um, I happen to be on hand, speaking of memorable moments, I happen to be on hand, kind of just luck of the draw here for just two incredible performance. Well, one incredible overall game, and then maybe the performance of the season, too. Uh, first up uh, was that Lipscomb Academy at Brentwood Academy double overtime game for the Division II AA Middle Region title. And this is – this probably was the wildest basketball game I was at all, all year. Brentwood Academy emerged uh, in double overtime with a 97-89 to 89 win, um, but it was very much in doubt um, until the, kind of the last couple moments there of double overtime because every time Brentwood Academy went on a run, Lipscomb had an answer. Uh, I believe Lipscomb had two uh, last-second shots, one at the end of regulation, another with the at the end of the first overtime. I believe the first overtime shot at the end was uh, Willie Walton hit a buzzer-beating three, and at the end of the fourth quarter... There was a crazy sequence where Tyler Tanner from Brentwood Academy tried to bring the ball up the floor. It got stolen. Um, somebody from Lipscomb threw up just kind of a desperation three, and it fell just right into the hands of, uh, I believe, Miles Sidney down in the post, and he put it up, and that tied the game as, as the buzzer sounded. So that was uh, just a, a crazy sequence there. But Unreal. Um, the way that Trent McNair, though, stepped up for Brentwood Academy, I don't have his point total in front of me, but he, uh, you know, he really but provided had- a lot of the energy. Tanner had 28 and McNair had 27. Yeah, both of them were just That's phenomenal crazy. that night, and uh, it was it was something to see. And then on top of that, I mean, that gym, as everyone well knows from the Darius Garland days, is does not seat a, a ton of people. Um, so it was three, four, five rows of standing room only um, there along the baseline, and that was uh, that was something to experience there. I was glad to get outside and breathe some fresh air after that. I was a little bit. Uh, a little bit claustrophobic there, but it was it was a fun night. And another one that was uh, maybe a little less expected because um, it was kind of a one-sided game, Brandon Miller happened to be at, I guess, it, I assume what ended up being his performance of the season. He had 42 points and 11 three-pointers uh, against Rockvale um, on January 18th. Those were both school records for a single game and just felt like he could do no wrong. He, <laughs> he, he would step up to the three-point line and just – let it go and it was and it was falling. It was just one of those nights that I'm sure he'll remember for a long time. Um, so those, those were a couple of things that stuck out to me. I can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, well, the planning, you know, we obviously we're gonna have somebody at the BA Lipscomb game, but to you know to be able to catch that one and Brandon Miller's school record game, that's pretty cool that you're able to see both of those. Yeah, and I believe that was the only time all season I saw Miller. So. <laughs> Got got pretty lucky there that that all worked out. But yeah. um, and then let's talk some rankings too, Tyler, because I know everybody that pays attention to the website has seen our final Fab Fifteen rankings. But let's just kind of run down some of those top teams there, mm-hmm. uh, starting with the girls' side. Uh, I worked on those, the final rankings, and um, they kind of came together fairly fairly easily there. Uh, Innsworth was kind of the surefire number one after winning the Division Two AA. Uh, title and uh, Web School number two. Uh, you know, Innsworth had beaten Web Schools at, at, at the beginning of the season, so that was kind of the difference there. And then Cookville at number three, Blackman at number four, and the Class 3A champion Upperman at number five. Of 
course, you can see the rest of both of these rankings at MainStreetPreps.com. And that is how these top five on the girls' side um, shook out after all was said and done. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of arguments there. Um, I think the way it played out, that was a that was a, a fairly explanatory top five. As we all know, toward the bottom of the rankings when things get really tough. But here's what I had on the boys' side. Uh, one through five, I've got Brentwood Academy, followed by Lebanon, Cane Ridge, Beach, and East Nashville. Um, Lebanon kind of – I mean, B.A., I think is number one because that's a team that played for a state championship in, in the largest private school class. And, uh, you know, other than East Nashville, the, the kind of the large schools that were out there were, were beaten before that. So even though BA wasn't able to cap off its season, you know, 30 and 0, like it wanted to, I feel like they still were deserving that number one ranking Lebanon making a run to the uh, state semifinals in four a, I felt like was worthy of bumping them all the way to two. Um, you know, you make that kind of a run and you deserve it. And certainly they've got between Jared Hall and Yarn Alexander, that was a good team. And uh, we talked with, with their coach, Jim McDowell Russell before the state tournament. And I didn't know a whole lot about him, but I think they've got a good coach. I like, I like having an alma mater, uh, a guy who's uh, his alma mater is there um, to, to be at the helm. So and then Cane Ridge beats Beach East Nashville. You know, uh, those teams are deserving right there. Uh, you know, East Nashville's a champion. Um, Beach, great season, a lot of a ton of wins. Cane Ridge could have easily finished number one with a better run. So, um, you know, nothing, nothing else too surprising other than that, man. Um, I saw a lot of great basketball, a lot of great players. Uh, I know you worked on the part on those mid state teams. So, not not always easy to hand out those awards, but. Uh, Certainly a lot of good stuff for you to mull over. You know, when we look at the all mid-state teams, um, our superlatives and such, those awards, what did you sort of think about on the girls' side um, yeah, so, as you were um, making those decisions? Yeah, and we kind of made the superlatives, we kind of talked through together. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, it was it was tough. There was a lot of talent on the girls' side. I did think that um, sort of these top awards ended up kind of sorting themselves out just kind of based on merit and player of the year, of course, went to Carly Weathers from Loretto. Um, you know, she had the most points per game at 23.4 and then to go along with it, the six rebounds, four assists, four steals and two blocks. Of course, she's an Alabama signee and a, I believe a two time Miss basketball winner as well. And um, just had an unfortunate kind of run there in the postseason, didn't make it to the state tournament. But I think if you're talking individual players, it's hard to kind of overlook her as, as you know, the best one this season in the area. And then coach of the year, Dana McWilliams, I think it was pretty impressive what she did at upper men this year. You know, there was a time in January where they fell out of our fab 15 rankings um, for a few weeks, I believe. And they were kind of already on that edge anyway, but they kind of disappeared because they lost three straight district games in January. And we're kind of thinking, okay, well maybe they're not the team to beat over there in the upper Cumberland. And, you know, they turned things around. They won 17 games to finish the season. So I thought, you know, a coach keep, you know, keeping a team on track after things kind of spiral like that is important. And this was also her third title in the last um, six or seven years too. So what they've built over there at Upperman is is impressive. And uh, that was another team too that kind of got shut out in 2020. They'd actually already won their first game at the tournament before the state tournament was shut down um, right before the semifinals happened. So um, those seniors that had were on that team, I'm sure. Um, kind of feel vindicated that they got their chance to, to win it all. And then, um, but overall, I think team of the year, the strongest team that you and I both saw and 
across the landscape had to be Ensworth. I mean, they were 26-4. and four. All four of those losses came to out-of-state teams at tournaments early in the season where Ensworth may not have even had its full lineup. No, they were missing Jelani Cambridge for a couple of those games. And uh, otherwise, they pretty much steamrolled their way to to the title and uh, finished the, the season on a 20-game win streak. So that one was a pretty easy uh, selection there for team of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of funny. We, I, I'm going to look at the boys' superlatives here. We've got two, Ala- two Alabama signees kind of at the top of the class, and that's, that's sort of how Gatorade saw it also. Uh, they picked the Gatorade players of the years. Brandon Miller won that on the boys' side, and Carly Weathers won on the girls' side. So, obviously, Brandon Miller's our boys' player of the year. I mean, at 26, basically 26.5 points, almost eight rebounds a game. Um, shoots 41% from the three-point line. I mean, I bet his free throw percentage is pushing 90. Um, Miller can rebound, handle the ball, shoot the ball. He can kind of just do everything. I mean, he's just that kind of player. Everybody around here is obviously really excited to watch how he develops in college and, like, what what will he do next? Because, I mean, he's just wowed everybody around here for the last – four years or so. So, um, that was, that was an easy choice. I don't, I don't think anybody could argue otherwise. Um, I know we've got a few guys in the area over 30 points a game, but, uh, yes. it just doesn't just not the complete package. And it's not Brandon Miller. So, uh, that was a fairly easy one. Coach of the year, uh, Kurt Caton at East Robertson. Um, maybe a couple guys that could have been in the rub in the running for this, but that turnaround, um, from midseason, you know, they were five and five in December, and I know that's still super early in basketball. There's really nothing to worry about, but five and five going into the Christmas break, and then they turned around and won um, like twenty games in a row. I mean, you know, and it, all of a sudden just having a great year, and then it kind of came to a screeching halt when they got thumped by Clay County in the postseason, and sometimes you wonder, well, how are they going to come back from that? You know, how's this team going to bounce back from from losing this game? And they came back from it by winning a state championship. Now, they didn't have to go through Clay County again, but uh, just the resiliency, you know, there's a lot that has to happen. Obviously, the Groves brothers super important for East Robertson, but uh, you got to have a coach at the helm that's uh, pulling the right strings and calling the timeouts at the right time and all the million things that coaches do. You heard East Nashville coach uh, Avery Patton say during that week, it was like he was babysitting 14 guys at the Doubletree <laughs> in Murfreesboro. I mean, you are kind of you kind of are the babysitter sometimes. It's more than just calling the right timeouts. Um, so, yeah, congrats to Kurt. That's a great coaching job down the stretch. And team of the year, we gave it to East Nashville. I just, that team was well-equipped. I mean, 31-3, um, and three, as mentioned, Class 2A champions, uh, em- emphatically the Class 2A champions. And uh, – when I say well built, I should say I mean well assembled, whatever you want to call it. You know, Jared Taylor and um, Willie Wilson both moved out of state during that COVID year, came back, uh, and the, all those guys on that East Nashville team knew if those players could move back, you know, they'd have an opportunity to go win a championship. But I think more than that, it sounded like when they all got back, they all really, really did work at it. You know, a lot of hours in the summer and stuff. And that was a team that was just really cohesive. That's what I always noticed about them. They, they knew each other. Uh, you know, when Jalen Jones lobbed that uh, alley-oop off the backboard to Raz Armstrong in the district tournament, I mean, that, that doesn't just happen. Those are kind of hard to, those are kind of hard to figure out. So I thought those guys were really cohesive at the end of the day. So uh, that, that's your team of the year as far as we're concerned. Um, and I, and I thought we got it right, man. I thought we did. Yeah, I agree. And 
I think the double tree was was glad when their state tournament run was over because uh, we heard from Jalen Jones they were kind of wearing out the uh, the front desk staff there with the the free cookies the the famous double tree oh, cookies yeah. there uh, so good hard so to good. beat yeah it's just incredible uh, they had those in the media room one day and that was that was a nice touch there but uh, anyway so before we get out of here Tyler let's go over the first team from both the girls and boys uh, all mid state teams and the rest of these you can find on mainstreetpreps.com uh, there's a first through fourth team along with the honorable mention so we did not chintz anybody here with these awards we wanted to recognize as many of the great seasons as we could um but the first team on the girls side included amari berry a sophomore guard from clarksville she had 24.6 points a game and 7.5 rebounds um also jelani cambridge another sophomore guard uh this this time from ensworth she was right at about 17 points and six and a half rebounds a game then there was jelani's sister kennedy cambridge who just committed to kentucky over the weekend a senior guard from Innsworth, uh, 14.8 points and 4.6 rebounds. And then uh, rounding out the guards on the first team was Tamia Scott, a senior from Northwest in Clarksville, and she had 20.8 points and 9.3 rebounds. And then looking at the forwards, there was Reagan Grimes, a senior from Ravenwood, who just had a phenomenal season there, uh, almost 20 points a game and 9.2 rebounds. And then another forward from Webb School, Aliyah Dave Rosario, she was a Miss Basketball finalist there in Division II single A, and uh, she had 13 points and 11 rebounds a game, and I believe uh, she is six foot six, so she had quite a quite an advantage down there in the post and uh, really made the most of it in, during that title run for, for Webb School. Yeah, she can shoot a little bit too. Um, yeah, great player. Um, yeah, looking at the boys, uh, let's start with a forward, Malik Dia, Innsworth. Um, Senior who signed with Vanderbilt, uh, basically 22.5 points a game and almost 10 rebounds a game. That's awesome. And that's a guy who can shoot it a little bit now, too. So, uh, Lake D was really good this year. At guard, uh, East Robertson senior Taylor Groves, obviously a title winner, uh, an Ole Miss football signee, probably could play college basketball, honestly. He's one of those guys that could, if he wanted to do college basketball, he probably could. Uh, 22.3 6.5 rebounds a game. Uh, forward Jared Hall, Lebanon Jr., 19 points a game, 12 rebounds a game, 85% from the line. Uh, great player, had his team right in the title hunt. And, you know, Lebanon kind of went through some lumps this year too, so to have a guy that can help get him out of that, that's important. Um, at guard, this was a pretty easy selection. Grant Strong, uh, Clay County senior and Tennessee Tech signee, 33.8 points per game. Kept his average above 30 for the last two years. Phenomenal guard. Uh, East Nashville guard J- uh, Jared Taylor, he's a senior. Uh, be interesting to see where he goes from here. 19.5 points a game, six rebounds a game. He's just kind of an attacking, a powerful player, uh, really good. Could have played on a 4A team, frankly, and been and been a guy, been a starter easy. I, I think he's that good. Um, and then last but certainly not least, Clarksville senior guard J.J. Wheat, uh, 22.3 points, seven rebounds a game. Somebody's got to pick up J.J. Wheat. He's, he's so good. That Clarksville-Lebanon game was so good. Um, I wish I could have watched him play more throughout his career, but um, he, he's really a blast to watch, and I hope he gets a good college opportunity somewhere. Yeah, congrats to all of those uh, first-team selections as well as everyone else that made the All-Mid-State teams. Just tons of tons of basketball talent in the area. And uh, for those seniors, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they do in college. A lot of So many of them are, are heading to uh, bright college futures there, and so we'll definitely keep tabs on that. But otherwise, Tyler, that is officially a wrap on basketball season. Um, 
was a lot of fun, and, and now we're on to spring sports. So it, the grind does not stop. There's still plenty of content coming to MainStreetPreps.com. We'll have players to watch for all the spring sports, as, as well as tons of coverage and stories and, and everything else, just like you're always used to. So um, we appreciate everybody following our basketball coverage this season. But that'll also do us for today's episode, too. So thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll see you back here next time on Main Street Preps this week. This has been Main Street Preps this week with Russell Fanozzi and Tyler Palmatier covering high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Follow them online on Main Street Preps at Main Street Preps. Also follow Russell at Russell V underscore MSP and Tyler at T Palmatier 83, both on Twitter. Main Street Preps this week is a Main Street Media production.